0: Careers of Danger and Daring by Cleveland Moffat. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Careers of Danger and Daring by Cleveland Moffat. Part 4. The Story of a Boy Who Ran Away in a Big Balloon one of the professor's hobbies is that gas air balloons are better and safer than the hot air kind although the latter costs less to operate your hot air balloon goes up in a rush but comes down again as soon as it cools and in the coming down lies the danger a gas balloon on the other hand stays up as long as you keep gas in it and the professor's secret of varnishing holds gas like a trap as to the ordinary use of hot air balloons for parachute dropping the professor only has condemnation a parachute says he is a sin and a disgrace a thing to be prohibited by law the parachute kills more people every year the professor is still talking than many a battle and kills them in unpleasant ways drops them on live electrical wires which shock them to death drops them in lakes where they're drowned or in the ocean where they can be eaten by sharks drops them in trees where they can catch their coat collars and choke to death drops them on sharp railings which spear them through drops them but the professor's list backed by statistics be it said is too long and gruesome it's only fair to add that i have a friend leo stevens a professional aeronaut who has made thousands of drops from hot-air balloons and claims that nothing is safer than a parachute and says he can steer one in its downward sailing so as to avoid dangerous landing places although he does admit numerous hair escapes as when he dropped from a parachute two miles out at sea this at long branch in eighteen ninety eight and was only saved by his life-preserver and the courage of some fishermen; or again when dive his partner in ballooning ventures dropped with him on one occasion from a big balloon one parachute was suspended on the either side and landed in lake canandaigua and was drowned Oh, there's no doubt a man takes a chance on a parachute, says Stevens, but I like it. There's a singular thing about parachutes, Stevens contends, not sufficiently considered by Professor Myers in his experiments. The professor, with his usual thoroughness, has tested all shapes and kinds of parachutes by dropping them from a captive balloon with a sandbag hitched on instead of a man. The dropping was done by a fuse which would burn the supporting rope and at a given moment set the parachute free, just as a man under the parachute would cut it free. And in a large number of cases, the parachute did not open in time to save the sandbag man from destruction on the ground. This proves, argues the professor, that parachutes are extremely dangerous. Nothing of the sort, answers Leo Stevens. It only proves that there's a big difference between sandbag man and real man the sandbag man is deadweight and the real man is live weight. a parachute will open for the one where it won't open for the other why will it queries the professor if a man and the sandbag weigh the same i don't know why but it will stevens insists and if what you say were true i'd be dead long ago and my wife and all my assistants i remember well my first visit to the aeronaut stevens at his little balloon establishment on third avenue a rambling, gas as you please attic with things strewn about anyhow, lengths of balloon cloth hanging from rafters for varnish to dry, crinkly yellow segments of balloons heaped near a sewing machine that was stretching them into spheres rows of hot air balloons from past seasons ranged along the shelves in tight bundles models of flying machines all kinds of parachutes including one in red white and blue made to take up a dog and in various dusty corners photographs of leo stevens walking a tightrope leo stevens rising to the clouds over waving multitudes leo stevens and his big umbrella soaring down to earth from the heights of twenty steeples swinging with dancing master grace from the bar of his trapeze i like this place for the good-natured faces of kid benjamin who was scooping cold salmon out of a tin when i came in and a young lady with long eyelashes who was running the machine leo Stevens was out said this young lady he was seeing some patent lawyers about his new airship but she was mrs Stevens, and could she do anything for me she made dozens of balloons and parachutes yes and used them too it was kid benjamin who offered this latter information remarking that she was grand on a parachute mrs stevens smiled and explained that she had never made an ascension in her life until the previous summer then only because her husband was in a fix through the failure of another woman to appear a balloon race had been advertised between two lady aeronauts and when the time came one of them mrs nina madison was missing rather than have the thing a failure and the big crowd disappointed mrs stevens agreed to go up she would take miss nina's place and race the professional and she did it and won the race you see she said i don't feel nervous as another woman might because i'd been living with balloons for years besides they hitched me fast to the parachute ropes so i couldn't have fallen if i'd wanted to it was lovely going up everyone said we made a beautiful ascension and two balloons kept so close together that the other lady and i were talking all the way at last when we were up about three thousand feet she called out that my balloon was settling and for me to cut but i called back cut yourself and sure enough she did in a minute and i watched her parachute open and sink and get smaller and smaller until she reached the ground a few minutes later when i saw my balloon had really settled i cut too oh what a sensation you know those awful dreams where you fall and fall Well, it's just like that for two or three seconds until your parachute fills wide and springs you up against the ropes. Then you sail down, down, with a lovely easy motion until you get to the ground. But look out for the landing. Once I struck a treetop and you're liable to come down in a house or anything. You're liable to come down in the middle of a lake, put in Kid Benjamin. Do you go up, said I to the kid whose hands and face showed black smears from painting balloon cloth he was certainly not over eighteen do i he answered with a grin i made more'n twenty ascensions and drops last summer he's the one mrs Stevens said who carried that boy up hanging from the parachute ropes don't you remember at coney island the boy was helping to hold the balloon and when she started his foot got caught and he went up hanging by his foot the kid nodded yep stuck fast in the riggin by one shoe as i sat on the trapeze bar there was that boy forty feet above me kicking and yellin say you'd never guess what he was yellin about i suppose he was afraid the kid shook his head no sir he didn't seem to mind the eight hundred feet we'd gone up not a bit what worried him was the sixty cents in pennies and nickels that had spilled out of his pants pocket while he was upside down then the kid explained how he postponed his parachute drop on this occasion and got down safely boy and all by letting the balloon cool off and gradually settle to the ground isn't a parachute pretty long when it hangs down i asked certainly it's thirty-five feet from where she hitches on the balloon to where you sit on the bar that's lengths of rope and lengths of cloth both then how do you cut her loose from way down on the bar i'll tell you put in mrs stevens you just pull a tape that hangs down inside the parachute from a cutaway block at the parachute head the holding rope passes through the block and there's a knife-blade in the block over the rope the tape pulls the knife-blade down and away you go it's one of my husband's inventions she was plainly very proud of her husband presently entered leo stevens himself a surprisingly young man for such a veteran scarcely over thirty the explanation being that he began ballooning as a mere child before he was ten he had gained some mastery of slack-wire feats and at thirteen he was known over the country as prince leo a marvel of the air in black and gold making the fortune of some gentleman who exploited him his arrival recalled the object of my visit which was to get from him some practical ideas for balloon and parachute experiments on a small scale the kind of thing a boy might undertake in their own backyard. and on learning this stevens caught my idea at once he knew just what i wanted and was glad to help he liked boys himself and we settled down forthwith to a consideration of segments and materials and dimensions and after a little planning and measuring he had the problem solved a hot-air balloon is the easiest and cheapest for boys to make said Stevens. and it goes up with more of a rush than a gas balloon so we'll tell them how to make a hot-air balloon i remember a boys balloon picnic that i got up one summer at chautauqua lake while i was making ascensions there what fun those boys did have we sent up a kitten in a strawberry basket strapped fast you know so she couldn't fall out and the balloon hung from the parachute by a time fuse that burned loose about a thousand feet up and down came the whole thing parachute kitten and all sailing beautifully and landing as easily as you please it never hurt the kitten at all but the balloon drifted nearly a mile away across the swamp and stuck in a big tree what a time those boys had chasing it and climbing after it and slopping home with it after dark through the swamp with lanterns and torches i suppose they got well spanked a good many of them but boys don't mind how big was this balloon about eleven feet inflated that's a good size i mean eleven feet high inflated but the segments must be cut at eighteen feet long to allow for the curve see and he made a sketch of a single segment there must be fourteen segments like this each one eighteen feet long two feet wide at the widest part then tapering to a point at one end the top and to a width of five inches at the other end the mouth which must be left open these segments are made from ordinary sheets of tissue paper first pasted into long sheets using ordinary starch paste and then cut out after the pattern then the fourteen segments must be pasted together lengthwise along the edges and they'll form a balloon with enough lifting power to take a parachute and a small passenger say a kitten or a puppy we must tell them how to fill this balloon with hot air i suggested that's so said stevens but it's very simple they must dig a trench in the yard or somewhere five feet long and one foot deep with a hole dug at one end for a fire then they must cover enough of the trench with pieces of tin and spread dirt over that and boards over all this is for a good draft then they must make a fire in the hole at one end of the trench out of barrel-staves or anything that'll give hot flame and towards the last they might throw a little kerosene that's exactly the way we make our fires for big ascensions. at the other end of the trench they must fix a stove pipe sticking straight out of the draught hole into the mouth of the balloon and four or five boys must stand around on fences and boxes to hold the sides of the balloon away from the fire which will be shooting high above the chimney Many a big hot air balloon has been burned up that way on a windy day, and in our ascensions, we have dozens of ropes sewn all over the balloon sides. We call them wind guys, so that men can pull the cloth away from the fire while it's filling. Say, talking about boys getting spanked, I must tell you a story. The story came from his own boyish experiences, how he made his first trips into the clouds at the age of 12 and set a whole city talking. This was the city of Cleveland, Ohio, where on certain Sunday afternoons there was to be a balloon ascension at a great pleasure park. Young Stevens, of course, was present, wild with excitement, for balloons had been in his thoughts and dreams ever since he could remember. He pressed forward through the crowd and with bulging eyes watched the aeronaut arrange his barrels and pipes for the hydrogen making danced with delight as the big bag swelled and struggled, and finally was bitter and disappointment when the police appeared suddenly with orders to prevent the ascension because the day was Sunday. Then while the balloonist was protesting and pleading, Stevens formed a plan. He would go up himself instead of the man. There was a balloon already, held by a single rope. There was the basket, swinging impatiently, empty, and he more impatient than the basket. Quickly he turned to a boy who was with him. Say, I'll tell you what, you get a knife and cut that rope and I'll go up but the boy demurred anyhow he had no knife so away dashed stevens and returned in a jiffy with a knife taken from his father's shop it was a sharp one <sighs> there panted the boy now cut her quick soon as i climb in the people about were so occupied with the parley growing warm between the balloonists and the police that few paid attention when a little shaver and knickerbockers crept close to the basket then slipped over its side but the next minute nine thousand people paid considerable attention and shouted their surprise and delight as the eager balloon suddenly shot skyward a small white face peering down and trying not to look frightened the knife had done its work and the subject of the dispute abruptly removed was presently soaring half a mile above the city drifting with the wind Meanwhile, little Leo curled up in the bottom of the car and was saying over to himself a story he had read of two little babies who went up once in a balloon and sailed far, far away and never came back. But they might have come back if only they had been strong enough to pull a string that hung over them. Hello? So there was a string to pull. Well, any boy could pull a string. He wasn't a baby. But where was the old string? He must look about and find it and sure enough he did find it only it turned out to be a stout rope and he tugged at it valiantly until the valve opened and the balloon began to descend just as the story-book said it would and so occupied was leo with keeping his valve open that he never once looked into the wide view spread beneath him nor knew where he was until he came bumping into a tree-top and found himself upset amongst the branches which first tore his clothes to tatters then dropped him into a muddy canal whence he emerged a sadly battered and bedraggled aeronaut yet happy even when his mother chastised him that evening, with a ramrod, his father being a gunmaker, he remained serene. For had he not gone up in a balloon? And was not the whole of Cleveland admiring him? And would he not go up again? He knew he would, despite all promises made under ramrod stress, as soon as chances presented? And within a year the chance did present a bait of fifty dollars per cention being offered the lad and the outcome was he ran away from home and saw no more of his family until years had passed and he had grown accustomed to the dangers of the air and the diamonds of value in his apparel isn't it queer said stevens talking it over how a fellow will stay away from his people when everything is all right and get back to them through trouble after i started in to be a balloonist i never saw my mother for seven years Then I came once more to Cleveland to give an exhibition at the very park where I first went up. They call it Forest City Park. I was to perform on a slack wire, 900 feet long, stretched between two towers, 150 feet high. My wire wasn't long enough to reach all the way, so they spliced on a length of 300 feet more, and before I began my feat, I walked back and forth over the wire to test it. I always do that. Then I walked to the middle of the wire and pretended to slip and fall. That's a regular trick to startle the crowd. You let yourself drop suddenly, catch on the wire, and spring up again. Well, this time when I let myself drop, I didn't spring up again, and I didn't know anything more for 19 days when I came to myself in the Huron Street Hospital. Somehow the splice in the wire had broken, and I went straight to the ground, breaking one arm, both wrists, and cracking my spinal column in four places. It's a wonder I lived at all, they say, and during that hard time my mother came to me as mothers do. Oh, she doesn't love the balloon business, I can tell you, but I love it. I've made over a thousand ascensions and never been badly hurt but once. We are far away now from our balloon making, and I reminded Stevens that we were still to tell the boys how to make a parachute. All right, he said, here you are, and he gave me the following directions. The parachute is made of 14 segments of tissue paper, each one like this, measuring 36 inches long, 6 inches wide at the base, and tapering like a pattern up to a point. These segments must be pasted together lengthwise, the 14 points joining at the top of the parachute, and in each one of the 14 side seams a length of 80 inches of number 8 thread must be pasted, leaving 2 inches sticking out at the top and about 4 feet hanging down below. The short ends at the top must be tied together, and these made fast to a piece of iron hoop pasted in the mouth of the balloon. Here, the fuse must be placed and lighted just as the balloon is ready to start. A five-minute fuse will be long enough, and it must be so placed that when it has burned its time, the parachute will fall from the balloon. The long ends below must be tied to a curtain ring from which the little basket hangs, with the kitten securely fastened in it by a piece of cloth pierced with four holes for the four legs. This can be brought up over the kitten's back and tied to the sides of the basket. In this way, the kitten is in neither danger nor discomfort. The boys must be careful to make this plain to mothers and sisters, or their experiments may be stopped by family orders. I'll guarantee one thing, though, if they carry out these instructions carefully, your boys will have a fine time. I certainly hope they will. End of Part four Careers of Dangers and Daring by Cleveland Moffat. Read by Jerry Beckard.